I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, Jeremy here. And if this sounds extremely weird, it's because I'm recording it from my phone in my living room with a very hungover voice. This is my hungover voice. Uh, This week's episode is a real fun one uh, for us. Uh, It's... It's just the three amigos going back to the basics, just me, uh, Taylor and Brian. And, uh, we decided to sit down and, and answer some, uh, some listener questions that we've been receiving over the, uh, the past couple of months, uh, and just kind of let the conversation flow. Um, we were expecting a special guest to pop in, but as you will hear in the recording, no spoilers, you know, I'll just leave it, leave it for you to hear, leave it for you to listen to. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this this really fun conversation. We love doing this ho- these host episodes, uh, and we we hope you enjoy them as much as we enjoy making them. Uh, so sit back, relax, and come along for a super silly ride. And uh, see you on the other side. That sounded ominous. I didn't mean. Uh, you know what I meant. Right, you guys are actually going to do that. I'm just going to turn your mics way up. So, the boys are back in town once again. People the boys are off in the distance. Off okay, in the okay. Distance. all right, Jesus. Um, well, this is cool. We haven't been in the same room for a while. I was I'm, I've been on PEI for a bitch a long time. What's we were at, we were PEI? actually in the same room last night. I just turned your mic up. If you're gonna use the mic close, Jesus Christ, me? You guys are making this really hard. Yeah, I'll do it like this. I'm gonna use it close when I'm talking, but when I'm eating, I'm gonna push it far away. So then I won't fuck with your levels. So we're back. We're back in action, and uh, we're we're doing one of these uh, host episodes, but. And this is a big but. We very well might have a special guest stopping in mid-recording if he if he can find his way here. So uh, I'll give you a hint. He's real sick. I'll give you a hint. He's got one leg. I uh, love Brandon, man. Oh fuck, we ruined the surprise. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, the joke was supposed to be that everyone's sick. So. Oh really? Because I I was just playing on the fact that he has one leg. I just want I just want to say like. Jerry, you're back. You're home from PEI for like 48 hours. Yeah. So you're on PEI right now, living there for, you've been there for... Living, over... living the dream, actually. Yeah. It's like paid vacation. I'm doing some acting out there. Uh, I'll be done by the time this comes out, and so the it reason, doesn't matter. The reason why I, uh, <coughs> I wanted to bring this up is because like, you came back for, for 48 hours to hang out with Taylor and I because you love us, but also yeah, because yeah. we had to record a couple episodes. That's right. Um, I... Like I'm really proud of us over the last we've been almost doing this for a year now. 
We haven't yeah. missed a single week, including Christmas. Like that's right. We we've been putting out episodes every single week. So we've been slaving over this podcast. Honestly, we just <laughs> launched this Patreon campaign uh, that we're all really excited about because we it's this is yeah. This by, is I what, mean, by the time this comes out, it it will have been running for a few weeks now. Yeah. But it's picked up some steam right now as we speak. Mm. Right now, we are what are we? We're about one hundred and twenty dollars off of our our first goal, which is five hundred dollars. On, on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and the reason why we're doing this is because uh, we want to help grow this. We want to spread our message as That's far right. and wide as possible. We want to spread our message uh, <laughs> the same way that AIDS was spread uh, back in the 80s. Um, far very, and wide. Very rapidly and very violently. <laughs> yeah, and um, unknowingly, like just unknowingly being transferred. We want it to just creep up. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, we, we, d- we don't want it to be just exclusively to the gay community. We want everybody in the community to be able to listen to our podcast. Yeah, we, we want, want to the be people. We want the people to be just as in the dark. <laughs> as they were back then. Wow. Wow. Is that more? We, we really went there. Did our podcast just change? <laughs> we, we really Is this really a different show now? Oh, um, my. So it, right now it's the three of us. We're going to... Uh, but yes, Brian, good good point. Um, if, you, if you like what we're doing, if you weren't too offended by what I just said, head on over to www.patreon.com slash sickboy and just check out what we're up to because... Uh, our Patreon page actually has a lot of um, super fucking cool exclusive content episodes that we have recorded that no one will ever hear unless you unless you become mm. a patron. So exclusive that's content, right. yeah. And yeah. also, uh, we're planning a couple trips coming up. Uh, that's right in the fall to be announced, but uh, to be announced, but p- potentially maybe uh, maybe coming to a town that rhymes with Ran Mover. Ram Ram Rover. <laughs> and maybe uh Sham Krover. And maybe Poo Fork Shitty. <laughs> Poo Fork Yo, you know what? I don't know what you meant there. Uh, well, Poo we'll Fork leave it. We'll, leave, we'll leave it to the Shitty. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I uh, get it. So you a bit to get that. All right, that's enough about Patreon. Uh if you're if you're donating, thank you. And if you haven't uh, and you're thinking about it, just go do it. And um if you're if you're not gonna do it. Then continue to listen to us for free and uh, and uh, but not guilt free. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, this episode this episode is going to be fun because it's just going to be the three of us for now, just shooting the shit. We got a few questions from fans, and we might have a, a special guest pop by in the middle of it. Um, but uh, we got we got. I some think cool- you said that already. But anyway, um, keep going. It, just in case I, it got cut out. Um, but we got a we got a question. We got a few questions from a, a lovely gal named Sydney from Oklahoma. Thank you very much for this, Sydney. Uh, the first one, I like this question a lot. Taylor, I'll, I'll direct it to you. If a movie was made about you, who would you want to play you and why? Yo, uh, you can answer this question. Who's my, who am I going to say? Matthew uh, McConaughey. I, I was going to say you were going to say uh, the guy who plays Pee Wee Herman. Um, that would be my guess. I really thought you guys were going to hit the nail on the head. No, both wrong. Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, Orlando my, my boy Bling. J.D. My boy JD. Actually, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Great. Dude, uh, check, out Taylor, my, check out my facial hair. Have you not seen my facial hair? Taylor, yeah, Taylor yes. weren't we? Uh, basically, sub, uh, subpar growth. Great. It's basically identical to Johnny Depp's. It's very, very, very stylish. You know what's funny, Taylor? Weren't we at a party the other night and somebody told me that I looked like Johnny Depp? I think that they were talking to me, but um, no, I remember they, that happening. No, is they it, said that guys, I looked like Johnny Depp in Blow. Are you guys humble bragging? Oh, is this, is that's this? right. You're right. They did say that. They, they said that your hair it. was like Johnny Depp and blow. I was looking really greasy. Yeah, is this the definition of a, of a humble brag? 
Um, I think it is. You guys are perfect hum- humble oh, braggers. Wait until I get a turn with this question. Okay, then, then, oh, then, then, yeah, okay, let's hear it. Who would you get to play you? <laughs> so uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the kids that I coach, uh, he, he said he, he had this like really surprised look on his face, and he just goes, oh, my God, Brian. And I was like, what? And he was like, I just figured out who you look like. And I was like, yeah, who? And he's like, have you seen the movie Troy? And I was like... Yeah, I know exactly where you're going with this. He was this. like, you look like that fat king that got everyone everything, everyone to do everything for him. <laughs> and then got stabbed. Just saying, he, <laughs> he said Brad Pitt. Okay. Oh. But mm. the very next day... Brad, was, Brad Pitt is a very good-looking man. So, a very good-looking so man. So in uh, the, the very next day, um, I was at a gas station, <clears> and uh, <throat> this lady like walked around the corner and looked right at me and kind of gave me like a... She kind of gave me like an up and down. She was like probably like 60 years old. And then she started tweaking her nipples. And it was like, <laughs> uh, excuse me, ma'am. And, uh, and I just kind of looked at her. I looked at her. It was, it was kind of awkward. It kind of caught her eye. And she just looked away and went inside. And I went in the gas station to pay. And she was in there. <laughs> you chased after and, her inside. Uh, You're and, like, ma'am, ma'am, who did you think I was? And she said, no, she you said, said that to her? No, she said, oh, fuck. she said out loud, she goes, see, he does look like Brad Pitt. The very next day after that kid said the thing. About and uh, third time's a charm. Haley called both of us Greek gods yesterday. Yeah, she, she wow. said bronze. You guys are Greek gods. so yeah. fucking full of yourselves. God yeah. damn it. So maybe we should just cut this whole question out. Yeah, I don't think so. No, we're Steve. keeping this in for sure. Well, Who would you get about... to pay, play you? Uh, Steve Buscemi. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. What is the best realization that you've had your entire life? That That's I a look fucking... like Brad Pitt. That's <laughs> the best realization ever. Holy shit, the best realization I've ever had. That's a big question. It's a really big question, man. Probably that the, as the, a probably the that best realization you've ever the had. best realization I've ever had <laughs> on a ser- on a more serious note than what we've been uh, rambling on about uh, in the past few minutes is that uh, even though everything's relative, and that being born privileged and into a family that has. Uh, you know, not rich by any means, but not poor by any means, very comfortable upbringing. Even within that, even that, that, even though that it's all relative and we're, it's relative to our experience of how we grew up in North America versus like anywhere else in the world, there's fucking no reason for us to be upset or sad about anything. Given our situation with, I mean, what I know about our mental health, I'll say, having a clean bill of mental health for the most part. <clears throat> that we are, we have no reason to be upset or sad or down about anything. Well, so fucking lucky. Yeah. But well, I guess personally, yeah. Like the, yeah, personally. Right. But like, that's I, me. F- yeah. No. Well, what I was gonna, what I meant was like, there's nothing to be sad about per like about your personal self. I, is that what you mean? Because I've been about my situation, right? Like He's, my situation is, see now I'm going to, I'm going to step in there because the, for the last week in particular, I've been really down on the world. I've been really sad about the world and just the state of the world, right? Like this fucking thing with that crazy motherfucker in France, right? right? And, and uh, even the, the coup attempt in, in Turkey and the, the police being shot in Dallas and the, the fucking the nightclub in, in Orlando. Like all, all of this stuff is happening and it's, make, it's, it's 
I, it just makes me so sad to be a human. Sometimes. Dude, we were having this conversation the other fucking sucks. night, um, and we we're we we're saying like, could you imagine if everybody on the planet, if everybody was just nice to one another? Imagine if you didn't need if countries didn't need militaries. It'd be crazy because everybody was was so good and kind to one another. Imagine if you didn't need militaries. Imagine the money that that would save, and imagine what you could do with that money. By just going and like feeding we, we people could, who can't afford to yeah like, we could do food, that right? we could do that but we could also build an elevator to space we could build a fucking wall yeah. of preventing could, Mexico from getting yeah. we could build that wall yeah we would have yeah. lots of money for that Dude, wall. we'd have a, we could have we could have like a like that's a twenty tr- like a twenty story wall hear that Donald Trump you want to build that wall just we could build just like dissolve the military you, you we can build like a we could build like a Game of Thrones wall yeah I, I don't want to say like I. Mex- Mexicans I, can go where they want. But I, sure. I don't think. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, Brian. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. You know, it's. It is obviously. Man, it's unrealistic to think that that's a possibility. But at the same time, it's like, what if? You know, like it's how, such a radical. It, it, is, it is pretty it's such unrealistic. A radical I, I mean, I think it is pretty unrealistic to think. But c- coming back to what you were saying, it's unrealistic. But it's shitty that it's unrealistic. Yeah, because I know, it right? doesn't. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be unrealistic, but it is. You by you saying your biggest real your best realization is that there's nothing to be upset about or like sad about. Uh, personally, currently, but like, how, like my what, situation in my life has has been so fucking fortunate. Yes, yeah, right. Okay, so is that that's what you mean? But like, I, I guess he, what I'm saying is like, how can you say that? I don't when mean that, currently looking at the state of like just the climate of what of of the world we live in, right? Hmm. Climate change, racism, uh, uh, homophobia, um, gender inequality—like, just I definitely have those moments where that where those things occur, and you go, "Whoa!" Like that is crazy, and you try to understand or you try to wrap your head around why or how somebody can think in a way that would that would cause them to act in such a way or take such drastic measures or actions. But man, like. I get when, we, when you when you when you take things back down a level and you and you you subtract and you subtract and you subtract until you get down to that the only way anything's going to ever fucking change is if you just do you change yourself. Yeah. Then it's like Maslow's hierarchy why, like, of human I, needs. Right? I'm always I like I am a, I feel like I, I feel that I'm a I'm a good person. I'm kind. I'm compassionate as much as I can be. Uh, I I try to be empathetic when people are in tough situations. I feel like there's little that I could do on like a day-to-day basis as I live my life right now that could go above and beyond or that could elevate the kind of the positivity that I'm trying to like put out into the world. What was your biggest realization, Bray? Uh, your, your, your best, sorry, your best realization. For for me, it's that, uh, and I think it's been a lot through this podcast, is that uh, our time our time here is finite, mm. and that death is inevitable, and it's this thing that's going to happen. And it sounds kind of morbid and kind of <laughs> kind of dark to say that that's my best realization. I don't think in the I don't think in the, in the and, slightest. And I know, and I know uh, you yeah. don't, but it, it's also because of the reason that you've had so much time to meditate on that, right? Yeah. And like I've only started really contemplating this since we've been having these like really open conversations about yeah. about and, death and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be far fetched to say that 
<clears throat> a lot of people who listen to the show and especially people who have been who have been listening to the show have started to alter their perception uh or their perspective on death totally. and and that the, the inevitable end that is coming it's, for all of us it's crazy because i've i've been working like uh, and i was telling you guys like i've been working i don't know around 14 15 hour days pretty often the over the last 6 months to a year but what i've realized is that like i there's there's been many times in the last 6 months where i've felt really 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 tired and have almost felt like overwhelmed by the the workload that i've taken on but then i take a step back and look at it and say like i'm only i'm only going to be here for so long and i absolutely love all the different things that i'm doing and i wouldn't want to be spending my time any other way right now and mm. yes it's exhausting and it can can be physically taxing and not getting enough sleep at night and things like that. But, but I'm happy right now. And yeah. I, and I love that. And it's, it's that motivation of knowing that death, death is inevitable. That's driven me to want to continue to, to do all these things that I have on my plate. Quick. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, what about you? Um, the best realization I've ever had in my life. I was going to say the death thing. Um, like just be, you know, just being like, just being okay with the idea of dying. I thought you were going to say the Kinsey scale. Uh, yeah. Well, th- well that's up there too. Uh, but, um, the, I think the, the biggest, the, or the best realization was the realization that the importance of a bidet. Dude. So, so important. A bidet is a life changing thing. Dude, and when they when you can control the temperature of the water? Like the ones in Vegas. Oh, dude. My god. The Aria? My god. Oh. I mean, literally. No one would have to get their arsehole bleach if they just ha- got to have ever. a day. Is, ever. No, is ever. Is asshole never. bleaching a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. What happens when did you I say arsehole? You, you did you say arsehole. And yeah. also, that's not why people bleach their ass. Uh, there's, you're, you're getting two things mixed up. There's a, there's a wax that you can get done on your ass. This takes all the butt hair away. I'm talking about, the butthole I'm talking hair. about bleaching. Yeah, bleaching is to make your butthole not look brown. Yeah, I know, but why do you think your butthole looks brown? No, that's just the natural color of a butthole. Yeah? Yeah. That's just like... For, for just, the most part. That's just, just the natural color of a butthole. It just naturally tends to be a tinge of brown. That, Jer, yeah, Jer, yeah, that that's by the, no coincidence it, of it being yeah no of it just, being the 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 exit hole for all the browns for all the brown stuff <laughs> yeah it's just a darker you know part what? of your body man you might be totally right dude I I am totally right and it's I a would, darker part of your body so yeah, just no, the same way that a dick just tends to be more tan I'm, than the rest of your body rest but listen, what's up what with about, that I know what it's about, like it knows that it's not going to get any sunlight it's like hey, well I gotta just I just gotta make myself look good what about a dog okay a dog or a cat. They when they shit, they have like brown hair around their ass. That's not the color of the hair. That's the shit stained hair. Look, you guys are talking about two different things. If you if you Loki's butthole so brown. If you get your butthole waxed, the generally the sphincter of a of a human being is a bit darker than the tone of their skin. If you're if you're a Caucasian male or female, like your lips, your lips are exactly. It's like it's like a different it's like a different color. Dude, I think it's any. I think it's any race. Well, well, yes, potentially. I don't know what a what a what an Asian butthole looks like. I don't know, but like if you were or if you're a black person, you've 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 just got a black butthole. <laughs> I think I think they're <laughs> hold pink. Hold on, hold on. Just let me finish this. I this think they're pink. pink. Well, they're they're more they're pinker. But the reason you get it bleached is so your asshole looks almost the same color as your skin, right? So, Why? Because it makes it more appetizing to eat out. What, dude? 
I'm Googling it right yeah, now. Yeah, Google that. Why? Wait, was this do... your biggest realization? No, I was fucking joking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The biggest realization that I ever had was that buttholes are slightly darker no, I, no, than no, the rest no, of no, the no. skin. No, I said my biggest I realization know, was bidet. a bidet. The bidet. Why do people you know, get I, I find really yeah, interesting. The thing I find really interesting about this episode so far <laughs> is that it's been really hard for me to tell when we're joking. This is not. We can't put this out. This is. This can't be a sick boy episode. It's d- most certainly going to be. No, I really no, enjoyed no. the. It I really be. enjoyed the uh, anal bleaching is the process of lightening the color of the skin around the anus. It is done for cosmetic purposes <laughs> to yeah. make the color of the anus more uniform with the surrounding area. Some treatments are applied in an office or salon. It doesn't matter where they're applied. Can you read more into pornography why? actresses and related uh, entertainers are the first to undergo anal bleaching process. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? Not bad. I'm feeling kind of nasty, actually. Oh, no. Like, my stomach's starting to feel like shit. Yeah, probably because you got a bunch of, like, cancer meds pumped into you today. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Then take Um, it easy, man. Don't don't come over here. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But, I mean, I was already too late to record anyway. Yeah, that's okay. Kind uh, of. When you get back on the 30th, tell boys we'll... We'll all get a drink and get drunk and shave our heads. Yeah, we will. That's uh, t- a tall order, t- but t- Taylor's t- like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the first part for sure. <laughs> the first part right. for sure. Oh yeah, pull out the big guns there, Brandon. Uh-oh. Yo, Brandon, if I shave my head for you, you have to wear my hair as a wig. I will. That's that's perfect. <laughs> That's actually a fair trade. It is a fair trade. There's enough hair there to make me a wig. There probably is, yeah. I could shave some other parts of my body and make a wig out of it. There's enough hair on Brian to make a fucking skirt, dude. There's enough hair on his back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that low back hair, that low back hair fuzz. Back muff. I don't, but anyway. Taylor's got a lot of hair on his body. We could use a bit of that. Mmm. Mmm. All right. <laughs> so, uh... See y'all guys soon, though. All right, homie. We'll talk to you soon. Peace, brother. Love you. Stay well. Hey, dude. Love you. All right. All right, man. See ya. Bye. So that was Brandon, and uh, people may or may not have listened to the osteosarcoma episode, but Brandon was uh, our our guest for that episode. Uh, Brandon lost his leg to osteosarcoma. And uh, Which is a leg through, tumor, uh, a, a, a tumor yeah, of the femur, of the bone, tumor of the bone. Dude, I fucking love Brandon. Yeah, and so he he lost his leg, and he had a a a a, a surgery called what's the it, it's the Van Ness uh, rotation uh, rotation plasty rotation plasty. So they they um, anyway they they took away his femur, took the bottom half of his leg, reattached it to his hip uh, at 180 degrees, turned around. Um, Brandon was doing really well, uh, and this is really interesting. Sydney, one of her questions said, do you have any updates on past guests and their current statuses, i.e. Andrew, Matt, or Brandon? 
Brandon, uh, I actually just was hanging out with Brandon today. Uh, I met him at the IWK, the, the Children's Hospital here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and he was being treated for um, a mass that they found uh, in his groin. So uh, the cancer has resurfaced for Brandon. Uh, he's fighting the good fight, and uh, he's he's got to shave his head. He's gonna he's gonna get a he's new haircut. He's trying just, to drag us down with him, dra- <laughs> dude. Since this podcast has started, that I, I've been told book. I've been told I have to get a tattoo now on my body and shave my hair. That uh, what are we getting into, guys? Yeah. If this is the price of hanging around with sick oh, yeah. people, so once again we've started a Patreon campaign. <laughs> so just saying, um, <laughs> head over there. So Brandon, uh, we're gonna have Brandon back in. Uh, to record with Brandon, uh, and you can expect that maybe sometime in, in August or September. So uh, we love you, Brandon, and we're hoping you're you're we love hoping, you, wishing all the all the best of health. <clears throat> all right, so um, I have an answer for Sydney's other question that we didn't answer yet. Pornography actresses and related entertainers were apparently the first to undergo the anal bleaching process in an effort to lighten the color of their anuses to match the rest of their skin. Although it has been suggested by Christina Rose that this is not the case. As Brazilian waxing becomes, became popular due to the, pop, uh, the popularity of smaller swimsuits and lingerie, the spread of pornography into the mainstream and endorsement of the procedure by celebrities, women began noticing that their anuses were darker than the rest of their skin. Just it, it, they, it just is. They're, your anus is darker than your skin. The increase in the number of women engaging in anal sex has also contributed to the women's concern over the appearance of their anus. To combat this perceived problem, genital bleaching began to ga- gain mainstream appeal. Men, primarily homosexual, also make use of the procedure. Okay, by the way, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. All right, this is all Wikipedia, but it seems pretty sourced. Jeremy, you're reading your journal. So, oh, God damn it. Uh, so, so there you go. That's, that's why. It's because your, your anus just happens to be a bit darker than the rest of your skin. So people are like, oh, I want to look nicer if someone's going to be putting a penis in it or their mouth around it. Dude, I just thought that it was, ah, man, I learned something. Today. I, thought yeah. it was after, I thought it was because of like, uh, you know, 20, 25 plus years of, of pooping. Uh, yeah, nope. I feel like, you know what, though? I personally and... It's not. I. I don't know. I. I haven't really eaten any assholes in my life. But what? Yeah, I haven't. You've I never know. eaten a butt. No. Taylor, what? have you? <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> I. I don't know. I just. I. I just haven't. Not that I'm against it, but I. Should I give it a go sometime. It's, but it's what I'm saying is, fun. what I was going to get at is, is that it's not that I'm opposed to it. But what I would find weird is I would think that a bleached asshole would be weirder than a not bleached asshole because I think so too. Because if you think about nipples, what if people bleach their nipples? Dude, so they, they do. Matches, they do. So they match their. I've entire, never heard of that, but I believe. Dude, it. I think. Right? Euro, but I wouldn't think, that be weird? I think it's a. Weird. I think it's a. Weird. I think it's a thing in Euro porn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like it's your asshole is a different color because it's a different part of your body than your skin, right? So it it's allowed to be its own color. Well, I mean, you're just standing up for the rights of buttholes everywhere. Totally, yeah. you're such you're oh, dude, you're such a butthole activist. Yeah, um, <laughs> Brian, you're so brave. Okay, so so this is kind of interesting. I'm so I'm brave. I'm kind of into this. Uh, we'll, we'll, Sydney, we'll come back to your questions, but uh, also on this uh, this Wikipedia article, there's under C. <laughs> also, there's vajazzle. <laughs> so, oh my god didn't we didn't doesn't isn't that what uh, a, miles that miles um, uses for his asthma yeah that's right <laughs> yeah 
A vajazzle is a form of genital decoration formed by the application of crystal ornaments on the shaved pubic area of a woman. This process is known as vajazzling. A portmanteau wow. of vagina and bedazzle. A portmanteau? A portmanteau? I've never actually heard that word How before. How is it spelled? Uh, V-A-J... No, 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 no. portmanteau. Oh, uh, P-O-R-T-M-A-N-T-E-A-U, portmanteau. I, it's, I guess it's Toe. the blending of two Portmanteau. Words. Portmanteau. Portmanteau. Yeah. Manteau is coat. The phenomenon was popularized Jacket. by the actress uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, a port is a door. Who devoted a chapter in her book, The Day I Shot Cupid, to vajazzling. During a promotional interview on the U.S. talk show in January 2010, she encouraged the female members of the, her audience to vajazzle their vajayjays. To hang her. It's a hanging door. It's a, it's a coat hanger, I Jesus think. Jesus Christ. Is it? I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Portmanteau? I think so. I think. I'm not 100%. What, Vajazzle you, became... You said it, what was the context <laughs> of that again? Vajazzle? No, portmanteau. Uh, it, the, the process is known as vajazzling, a portmanteau of vagina and bedazzle. It's the combination... I, I guess it's a like almost a, combound, a oh, compound oh, word. okay. Really? We were way off. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <clears throat> uh... And then there's genital tattooing. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that you can get done to your buttholes and your vajayjays and your wieners. I've only had like two thirds of that. Oh, dude, done. look at this dick covered in tattoos. <laughs> That's on Wikipedia. There's straight up a dick. Wikipedia. Is it really? Can yeah, I see? Dude, yeah, tattooed dick on Wikipedia. Uh, if you if you Wikipedia genital tattooing, you can see a, a lovely uncircumcised uncircumcised penis with a bunch of colorful tattoos. Dude, that is an ugly dick. <laughs> that is not a nice dick. That's an ugly dick. Yeah. Um, we should have him on the show. I think most women would agree that dicks are ugly, though. All right, I think we got a little bit sidetracked here. Uh, I, I feel like we probably lost a few subscribers. <laughs> um, so let's, At least let's, $15 from Patreon. Let's keep that trend going. I feel, uh, like, I feel like this happens every time we do a host episode. But, Jeremy, you... You consistently insist that we should be doing because they're just because they're just so much fun. What illness or disability do you most want to feature on Sick Boy in the future? Oh, I've had one for for a long time that I really really want to do, which is Stockholm. Yeah, Stockholm. Ooh, yeah, that would be great. You know what? I think that's my answer as well because we were having this conversation. But I feel like, could you do it though? Like, could you have someone with Stockholm syndrome talk about? Uh, I think Stockholm you'd probably syndrome? have to talk to somebody who's recovered from Stockholm syndrome. Well, that's what I mean, though. Someone who recovered from it. Do you think it's something that they'll like? They can recall. Or know? would it be a PTSD episode? I don't know. Yeah, Fuck, I don't know either. Because like, if for those how of you many who don't... cases of Stockholm syndrome are there presently in the world? Like. So for the, uh, well, I think quite a lot, quite a bit. But do you think we wouldn't even know? I think it's quite common for people who get. uh, Really? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's rather common. But like long-term capture, right? Stockholm syndrome or capture (laughs) bonding is a psychological phenomenon described in 1973 in which hostages express empathy and sympathy and have positive feelings towards their captors, sometimes to the point of defending and identifying with the captors. Is that is that the same as like a, a woman? Uh, 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 and I'm, you know, is that the same as a, is that the same uh, as a woman man. sticking around in an abusive relationship? Is that a form of Stockholm syndrome? Ooh, that's a good question. I, you know what though? I, <clears throat> I don't know. That'd be a good question for a psychologist. I find that really. I find it really interesting. I would, and this is why I would really like to talk about this too. But I think that if I was, um, oh. if I was captured by somebody, like kidnapped and held hostage, um, I think that I could imagine myself being very empathetic towards the person who's captured me because like somebody who has to resort to something like that in life where they're taking, where they're kidnapping people. 
yeah, but taking that's, hostages. Like they've obviously something fucked up is happening. Yeah, there's them, a me- there's right? a mental like, health. Any problem sane person sure. wouldn't take a hostage, right? But when right? they're putting your life at risk, do you think you would you would uh, you would like easily sway I, that way? Yeah, I think I would. I like I have a I have a really hard time getting angry at anybody over anything. Um, I don't know why. I just, like, I just don't. I Dude, feel you like hung my, up on Jeremy last night when you when. <laughs> I know. I just really, doing that really to fuck with him. Well, and, uh, it, it says here these feelings are generally considered irrational in the light of danger or risk incurred by the victims, who essentially mistake a lack of abuse uh, from their captors for an act of kindness. So, uh, right, like just because just because they're not violent yeah, with them. Yeah, the FBI. Uh, <clears throat> this is to answer your question, Taylor. The FBI hostage barricade data. Based system shows that roughly eight percent of victims show evidence of Stockholm syndrome. Eight percent—that's a high. That, that's a, is this in long-term capture or just like or like they get kidnapped and it's a two-day thing and then. Well, let's find out. Stockholm syndrome can be seen as a form of traumatic bonding, which does not necessarily require a hostage scenario, but which describes strong emotional <laughs> ties that develop between two persons, where one person intermittently harasses, beats, threatens, abuses, or intimidates the other. Yeah, that's an abusive relationship yep. for sure. One commonly used hypothesis to explain the effect of Stockholm syndrome is based on Freudian theory. It suggests that the bonding of the is the individual's response to trauma in becoming a victim. Identifying with the aggressor is one way that the ego defends itself. When a victim believes the same values as the aggressor, they cease to be perceived as a threat. Trippy. Yeah. You know, another good one that we were talking about last night is uh, a psychopath or a sociopath. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't I, exactly know I said the difference. Psychopath. I don't yeah. exactly know the difference, but in but in the context of a serial killer. Yeah, so yeah, I've been listening uh, to a lot of the uh, last podcast on the left, which is a phenomenal podcast where they they essentially profile um serial killers. It's very like educational, also yeah. very funny in a very dark way. Um but uh the way they talk about, you know, someone like Charles Manson, I was like, fuck, that would be uh, <coughs> super cool. Cool conversation. And cool you were saying he's like, he's lucid. He oh, can yeah, talk he about talk his experience. He Unless knows, he started fucking with you. He knows what he's doing. He knows yeah. what he did. He knows that it was nuts. I, another one that I really would love to do is someone with Tourette's. Someone who, like, who, who, uh, who has Tourette's, but like. We should talk to that guy in that, out, on like, that BBC thing. Yeah. That BBC short thing. That was, oh man. Yeah. Dude. I love how those guys, they know how. Re- what they know how ridiculous the things are that they're shouting out of their yeah, mouths. It's so interesting. And right? they just if like they they, say it and then they go, Oh God, that was really, that was really interesting. And, <laughs> I mean, they, and they like, bo- they really like, funny. they bond on it. It, it is funny, but there's also, you can also tell that like, God damn it. That, that Oh, of course. What, what, a, what a fucking hardship. And like, what a, I can't even begin to imagine the amount of turmoil that that's oh brought my God, on, yeah. onto that person's life. But the, to see that video, and if you've never seen it, it's a BBC documentary. You can Google just BBC Tourette's. Um, and it, it, they they've they they're able to find the humor in 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 their circumstances. And that short clip is like those two guys who have become because you know P, Tourette's obviously presents itself in like a crazy yeah, spectrum of ways. of ways. And for these two guys, it it is for them. It's like the movie uh, stereotype of what Tourette's is. Like you're yelling out "fuck shit," "piss," yeah. you know, crazy obscenities. Mm-hmm. And these two guys are in a group together. 
um, and it, they just yell shit out like that, and they love it between the two of them. Like they they feed off of that, and they think it's funny, and like they're like, Ooh. oh, that like what you just said is really fun or whatever. Um, that would be be really funny. Too. Another another one that I would want to do is uh, is bipolar one. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. like to talk to somebody who's experienced a, a manic episode. I know someone who's going through one right now. <clears throat> I don't think we can ever get them on the podcast, though. So. Um, that would be interesting. Um, here we go. Mm. Here's actually, I haven't actually read this yet. <laughs> Mary Taylor. Hey, sick boy. In the last couple of episodes with conversations about lung transplants and Bridie, uh, my wife, I've been really thinking about this in regards to you, Jeremy. I have lupus, fibromyalgia, and I've battled different mental illnesses my whole life. And I think I've faced death too. I don't think that I'm afraid of death. I know it's coming for me either way. But I think what's even harder to face when you're sick is li- when we're sick is life. And yeah, I mean that in a cheesy bullshit way. And I also, but I also think there are layers. CF has a completely different path from my own illness, but I know for me it's scary to live because living means I have to keep planning. It means I probably do have time for a career and a life and I need to work for and commit to. It means I can't throw my hands up. I have to actually struggle to fucking exist. I plan on dying before my partner. It's just more likely. But the truth is, I also think I, I'll have an easier end of the bargain. When I face death, I have a foot out the door. I think, man, it's just life, so fuck it. And sometimes it's really important. Pers- it's, and sometimes that's really important perspective. Sometimes that's how I need to see the world. But the truth is, the harder thing to do is have both feet in life. It's a lot riskier to plan on years we might not have. It's a lot scarier to want something and have it taken instead of walking away on your own. This is heavy and rambling, but man, I hope you're still reading because... Dude, that I'm, wasn't rambling at all. That was, that like, was, that was fucking... I got yeah. goosebumps. I thought it was fucking on point, Mary. I, I'm, I hope you're still reading because I'm going to make it weird and stupid because you guys were talking about pets too, so here we go. It's easy to get a hamster or betta fish that's going to mostly most likely be around for only a handful of years. It's harder to know you can love and care for a dog or a cat, an animal with longevity. When we learn about our illnesses, we're told that we might be hamsters, but is it braver to live like a dog? Ha ha ha, Ha ha, fuck, whatever. I'm just wondering if... Ha, fuck, whatever. I'm just wondering <laughs> if other sick people see life as scary as I do, pet mo- metaphors aside. Uh, thanks a ton, Mary, a hamster dog. <laughs> I like that ending. Fuck, Mary, Taylor. Uh, I guess it's just Mary. Uh, Were you addressing me? Or yeah. what? Uh, Mary, that's... Yeah, that w- that is kind of profound. I never, you know... I don't know. I, I've never really, I've never looked at life that way, being sick. I guess it might come across that I have because of saying things like, um, like, fuck it, I'm not going to plan for retirement or like, yeah, death is coming. Um, so like, I'm going to live life to the last moment, like live life like every day is my last and, and not really put too much energy into the things that like don't really matter and kind of like, throw caution to the wind when it comes to certain responsibilities. I, I, I do do that, but I don't do that because I feel like life is too scary. 
I don't think. Maybe subconsciously, but I, I don't think I, I, I've never actually looked at it like that. I think it was, I think the reason that I think when what you brought up, what I was saying and what, what Brian said about the lung transplant and was that when we were talking to <clears throat> Father John, he was like, he was saying that anytime you ever talked about a lung transplant, you were saying that, you know, when I get a lung transplant, it's not going to be. I might live for 10 more years, but it's going to be a shitty 10 years. And he was like, no, it won't. Yeah, yeah. He was saying it's not necessarily. Yeah. He was just saying straight up, like, chances are that probably won't, it'll probably be a great 10 years. Yeah. Well, if it went well. If it was successful, yes. No, you're right. You're right. He did say that. He was saying if if it's a, if it's a success, you it wouldn't like there be. Sounds like a pretty good success rate, though. Yeah, and, and you know what? I do. Let me say this. Let me say this. I I am eternally grateful. After we put that episode out, there were a handful of people oh, yeah. who reached out and said, "Listen, motherfucker, I went through a double lung transplant and." It's not that bad. Like grow, no, grow up. No, I, they, they didn't say it's not that bad. They said no. It's fucking great. The, I, yes, yeah. They yeah. were like, they're, they're. I mean, sorry, I don't want to put words in their mouth. They didn't say it wasn't that bad. I'm sure it was fucking atrocious in the moment. However, they were saying no part of me regretted it. Somebody said like it lasted like the bad part lasted like two weeks. Yeah, so. that person. I think that person had a really, you know, they 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 did really well. But you could and and hey, even even. Um, um, even Tara Bork, you know, friend of mine with CF, she's going in for a double lung tran- or her second double lung transplant. Her current lungs that she has right now, so her second set that she's ever had in her life, are at 22% lung function. And she says still, she's like, these are still better lungs than I had when I had fucking CF lungs. So yes, I, yo, that shit opened my eyes up to like, definitely opened my eyes up to some, to a perspective that I, I was choosing not to really look at. And to be honest with you, maybe I, maybe I will get, try it, you know, if the day comes. Fantastic. Maybe. Fantastic. But just a maybe, just a maybe, just a maybe, just a maybe. But I mean that, that Better also, than the hard no, also, hard no. <laughs> also that time is, is a long time from now. And I do, I, I do admit that as well, you know, that, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a lot of the people out there that have CF in where they are like, dude, they're on their last fucking leg. From what I know. I'm doing quite well. Yeah. From what I know about your CF and other people with CF, which I don't know very many other people with CF, but from what I know, you're doing real well. Yeah. And dude, and like when we talk to people like uh, Iborg and it's like these crazy innovations come out, I'm like, fuck dude, by the time Jeremy's needs lungs, who fucking knows what's going to be going on with? Technology? I will take a set of bionic lungs where th- that I can hold my breath forever, and they go. Yeah. Well, well, maybe not every time I breathe, but <laughs> do they usually breathe underwater? It would ruin the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, if I could have some like underwater uh, underwater lungs, pretty good. <laughs> I'd, find, I'd I'd take those. Yeah, I'd take those in a heartbeat. Do you take bionic gills? Sure. Would you wear a fish tank helmet the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> of course I would. <laughs> um, would you would you take a, a bionic dick if you could? 
Like, would you take one? Like, if would it you, could look exactly like, like my dick, because I love the way my dick Do you mean, looks. like, would he take one? Like, would he receive it? Yeah, in his bleached asshole. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. That's how, I, that's how I heard it. I didn't hear it. Jesus Christ. I think you meant it, like, would you get one? So coming back to Mary, <laughs> coming back to Mary the hamster dog. It uh, was such a great metaphor. It was a good metaphor. Yeah, but this is the thing, Mary, is that I... Me as a sick person, I, I don't look at life that way. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a little bit more on the optimistic side of things. I, I don't really know. But I get it. I get that, like, that life, <laughs> life is not easy, you know, like responsibilities are not easy. But um, I don't look at living life as a, as a struggle to exist. I don't look at, like, living with cystic fibrosis as the struggle to exist. I look at my illness as a, as a, as a, has a way to be like, fuck, yeah, I've got this like, this, this handicap that I can, I can like get on top of and, 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 and make it my bitch. And like, do you, as an, as an actor, as a, as a theatrical performer, do you romanticize the, the like going out guns a blazing, like <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna he totally it. does. I'm, I'm a, I, Dude, I romanticize everything. I everything, everything in life. I'm. I'm I think totally that's like a, that. I think that's an amazing perspective to have. Yeah, though, I'm totally you, like, like that. Why not? Right? Yeah, why not? Why not? But yeah, that's what I feel like. I definitely skew, do. That's what I feel like plays a role in skewing maybe the perspective maybe. of like when some when a, when yeah. someone goes, well, do you want a double arm transplant? You're like, fuck no. You know what the boom, crazy, boom, boom, the, boom, boom, boom. the craziest <laughs> thing? <laughs> yeah, you're, like, yeah, you're screaming yeehaw all over the, the place, but. The thing that drives me crazy the most is that is that we are all we're all gonna die. So yeah. like like sick we're all gonna die. So we all have this and we've said it before, we all have this terminal illness called life, old age, yeah. right? And why does why is it easier for somebody with a a a disease to to meditate on death? Like why is it? Yeah, easier? that's my that's my question. Because because like I'm I don't gonna, know. I'm gonna die. So yeah. why don't I contemplate death more? I don't know. Right, Dude, it's right. a major phobia for the massive yeah. population. Something like what was it? It was like seventy. It was like the stat was seventy something percent of people are have a phobia of death. Seventy percent of the U.S. population, I think it was the sample. Uh, uh, and like, I can go either way on it. Like I can, when I really think about it and I, I sit down, I'm like, yeah, totally. And then sometimes I'm just like, oh, man, I am really afraid to die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jerry, you must like, I know that we talk, like you've had so much time to contemplate and meditate on death, but there must be times when you're scared as fuck of dying. I'm going to say this as honestly as I possibly can and, and say that, in the last year and a half, no. There, in the last year and a half, I don't think there's been a single moment where I've been like, "Oh fuck, I don't want to die." You haven't been like, I, I've had these moments where, like, I've been. I having, have a massive curiosity for it. Honestly, part of me is like, I wonder what's next. Like, I, I, have wonder, I wonder if there is where, anything after that. Where, like, I've, I don't think there is. Though. I've been enjoying a moment, like enjoying a moment so much. And yeah, I've stepped back in that moment and said, and like, kind of looked at, looked at things and thought, 
it's so great to be enjoying this. Yeah. And it'll be really sad when I am unable to be here and enjoy these moments. Yeah. I've felt that like a, a, a bit of that in in the fact that this would end, right? These conversations this for like my participation in this podcast would end. Oh fuck that. There's a lot of sick people out there. We would yeah. Oh, you can repl- you'll you be could, gone. Oh, yeah. Little, yeah. You guys could replace me in we a just replace oh, yeah, you with that. another We're definitely gonna do with that. another uh <clears throat> we just re- replace you with a with an actor with a cough. That's right. We should uh, yeah. we should do an audition for the next spot on Sick Boy. Yeah, uh, you got to have a beautiful dick and uh, and uh, you got to look a little bit like Steve Buscemi. I don't look like Steve Buscemi, by the way. You look so much like Steve Buscemi. You know what? I'd be okay with that, though. You look more like Randy Quaid. Jesus Christ, guys. You know what someone, uh, you know, if we are going to talk about this, someone did say I look like Jamie Priestley the other day. Jamie Priestley? The- yeah, from 90210. <laughs> Jamie- I mean, I don't want to brag. But, uh, who uh, am I thinking of? Presley. What's her name? Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley. Yep. But you said Priestley. I think I said Priestley. Okay. I, thought you were I could like- be wrong on both of those. Yeah, I was but, like, uh- you look like that super hot blonde chick from... Uh, <laughs> That's not, right. an, not another teen movie. That's right. <laughs> I've got a real pretty face. Um, well, thanks a lot, Mary the Hamster Dog. Uh, that uh, it, I don't know. I think that sparked a kind of a cool little conversation there. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Um, anything else you uh, you you fucks want to talk, hit on, touch on? No, I, ha- I had something earlier. Remember, I mentioned yeah, it, but you can figure it out. It. No, did you put up the David Bowie records to try and like? As we, a catalyst for for contemplating death? Uh, no, we we put some records up in the studio, uh, up on the wall. Looks kind of good. We got some Dave Bowie. We got a, actually. It's funny. We we're talking about dicks earlier. There's a Rolling Stones one over there with a really impressive bulge and some tight jeans. I didn't notice it up close, but now that I'm back, From back I, here, yeah, you can really see it. You can see like the head of the dick. Yeah, dude, that is such a strange. Is that album cover? Yeah, it's got a zipper on it. Yeah. And, Those uh, are about as tight as all my jeans. Mitch Miller looks good on Mitch's Greatest Hits, and Chuck Mangione <laughs> feels so good on hugging that trumpet. Who Who's Chuck, Chuck Mangione? Yeah, who is he? That's not a trumpet. That's all right, a that's it horn. for today, everybody. That's not uh, a French horn. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and hey, if we haven't said enough, go on over to www.patreon.com slash sickboy. Support what we're up to. Support what we're doing. Uh, you can uh, follow all the shit we're up to on Twitter. Uh, at Sick Boy Podcast. Instagram, we got some great Instagram content, at Sick Boy Podcast. We're on Facebook. And uh, and hey, really big thing, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Rate and review and subscribe it. <laughs> uh, it the, the reason we ask you to do that is because it keeps us on the charts, on the iTunes charts. So we'd love if you could do that. And uh, that's it for today. I'm Jeremy. No. <laughs> that's not how you do it. It's I'm been Brian. too long. It's Rusty. I'm Taylor. <laughs> I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.